stood up and talked about her life. I had a very interesting birth at the circus. My mother was a trapeze artist, and just as she was doing a double somersault, out I came. My dad, who was the other trapeze artist, was so excited he missed his leap. Because they weren't using a safety net that day, he ended up in the casualty section of the ex-trapeze artist hospital for those who missed the net. He's still there. Deborah continued talking about life in the circus, of the day she decided to train to be a gymnast for the Olympics and how she'd won 17 gold medals at Atlanta. That was pretty good, seeing she was only in six events. That's a real tall tale, said Mrs Filterstein. Now, who's next? Four other kids stood in front of the class and told their whoppers. Gabriel Dean had been born in a submarine. His mother was the captain and she took ten minutes off to have him. Unfortunately, the sub got swallowed by a giant octopus and I was only able to get proper postnatal care when the octopus got violent indigestion and burped it up in one piece, he added. Gabriel planned to become a vet when he grew up because, due to the giant octopus, he was fluent in 73 fish languages. This could be very useful if a fish came to him with a cold. Ahem, very imaginative, Gabriel. Now, Mark, it's your turn. I stood up. My best mate, Slugger, whistled encouragement. Deborah fixed me with her pale blue eyes and smiled. I felt a blob of sweat just above my lips and hoped it didn't look like it was coming from my nose. Deborah was the girl of my dreams. She had long, pale, blonde hair that waved gently around her shoulders and white, pearly teeth. Also, I'd kissed her three times. Even though we were both only twelve, she said it would be good practice for when we got older. I hadn't been able to see what all the fuss was about with kissing, but when Deborah's strawberry bubblegum-tasting lips pressed firmly against mine, something happened to me. It was as if I'd been electrocuted. I've never been the same since. I walked to the front of the class and studied the expectant faces. You're not going to believe this, but I'm going to tell you the truth. I know we're meant to tell whoppers, but my life story is so crazy it'll sound like the biggest whopper you've ever heard. <coughs> Will, alias Will the Worm, because he wriggles around like he's got a bad case of them, stared up at me and said, how can your life story be more amazing than beating Carl Lewis at running when you're just six months old? Take it from me, I said seriously. <coughs> Mrs Filterstein, who was leaning over her desk, cupped a hand under her chin. She was a heavy lady, and her boobs started at her neck and went all the way down her top to the belt around her waist. Mark, we did say we were going to tell tall stories. However, maybe certain things have happened to you in your life that you need to get off your chest. Mrs Filterstein heaved her boobs as she said this, and I swear the desk wobbled. I noticed a book on her desk, How to Help Severely Psychologically Disturbed Children. Can I start then? Yes, Mark, of course. Now, Year 6, I want you to pay attention. Even if you don't think Mark's life story is fascinating, remember, it's, um... All he's got. Simone, stop pulling that awful face. If the wind changes, you'll stay that way.
I've just passed a large quantity of wind, said Worm, looking dead serious. You'd better watch out, Simone. Stop that language right now, said Mrs. Filterstein, and stop fidgeting, Will. All right, Mark, you may begin. I took a deep breath. Chapter 2 When I first arrived on Earth from Mars, I needed to give myself an Earth name, even though Exig is pretty cool. Mum and Dad said that although Exig is easy to pronounce in Martian, it's almost unpronounceable in Earth talk. So I looked up the most popular names given to children in the year I was born and settled on Mark. Mark the Martian. It made me feel at home. Hey! yelled Worm. I thought you said you weren't going to tell a whopper. Well, maybe he changed his mind.